What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Jake Podcast. I'm your host, Jake Brainy, and it is 6.51 on Thursday, October 4th. Have a lot to get to this week. Got a lot going on this weekend. Had a lot going on last weekend. Took off a week because I was on vacation and want to get to a little bit of that. So uh, before we dive into football and everything like that, pretty pumped tomorrow night celebrating my mom's birthday but going into the city to see bruno mars in brooklyn at barclays center and uh we're supposed to have cardi b host or not host open but she uh got arrested the other day and apparently my sister said she was out anyway because she had a kid so like maybe that's another reason but like you know she got arrested in a strip club and had a baby, so I don't think she's going to be opening for Bruno Mars, but excited to go to the show anyway. Got a, a couple really cool shows this fall. Uh, the Eagles coming up, uh, Bob Dylan coming up, got Elton John coming up later in the winter. So a lot of really cool shows coming up this winter and uh, fall winter. So uh, pretty excited to talk about that next week afterwards because... Bruno Mars, you know, I uh, I didn't give him enough credit at first when when he got the gig doing the halftime show at I believe it was at the Meadowlands and it was pretty good weather for the Super Bowl uh, when he did it and I was thinking man you know they really missed on this one but the whole show he killed it he did a great job he brought out the Red Hot Chili Peppers brought out a couple other guests and like the whole show I'm like man that guy is an entertainer. He is good to go. He's ready to roll. So I'm sure his show's going to be phenomenal when we see him at Barclays in Brooklyn uh, tomorrow night. So looking forward to that. It'll be a fun Friday night. And then flipping it the next day, uh, playoff baseball? Nope, no thank you. College football rivalry weekend? Nope. Sorry, I'm busy. I am apple picking in New York State. I think I'm like driving two hours to get there because... Uh, I love my girlfriend and I love my friends and I'm doing this because I'm a wonderful person and I'm not going to get into it. I'm wishing the tribe the best of luck. I'm going to get into my little playoff preview in just a second, but, uh, you know, I will be missing a few innings here and there going to family events and girlfriend events and stuff like that, but should be an absolute great time. Great weekend for that. And then uh, a nice uh, big dinner for my girlfriend's father for his birthday on Saturday. So got a lot of things coming up and uh, been super busy this summer, been busy the month of September, including the finale of September, which included our guys baseball trip to Toronto, uh, which was awesome. Just a really a great time. And, and like a, uh, a shout out to my friends, Brendan, Bill, Pat, Owen, and Chuck, uh, the six of us went to Toronto to do our third year of the baseball trip. The first year we did Boston, the second year we did Pittsburgh, and this third year we did Toronto with the most ever guys. We've never had six before. We've had four, five, now six. Uh, it's growing. It's really fun. I'm, I'm hopefully next year we'll get even more. Now that we've incorporated flying into it, and that we're not just driving. It brings in a lot of other possible places, like possibly going to the West Coast, maybe going to Chicago or somewhere somewhere none of us have been, maybe like Houston or something like that. So excited to 
check out some different options next year for the trip. Uh, but Toronto, man, really fun town. First of all, very clean. It was easy to get to because the flight was about an hour and 15 minutes, which I thought was uh, really awesome because even we were waiting in the airport much longer than the actual flights were. But we had a great time. Uh, apparently, you can't drink in the city until 11 a.m. So that threw us for a little loop when we arrived and we didn't know what to do and no one really had service, and we just found the closest bar, which was actually like a soccer bar or football, whatever you want to call it, a soccer bar that we're going because we wanted to check out a couple of the games uh, because one of the guys, Owen, is a big-time soccer fan. And when we got there, we said, like, yeah, you're going to get, like, uh, six beers too. And she was like, oh, my gosh, I am so sorry. <laughs> like, she, she had to, like, apologize big time because – she could tell we were there to drink. Maybe because we're all wearing matching Adidas track suits. Uh, yeah, just thick black track suits. Uh, if you checked out my Instagram, you saw, yeah, we were some Jersey a-holes coming into town. But she goes, I am so sorry. We do not serve before 11. And you could hear the gasp. Brendan was like, oh my, oh my God. Like, what do we, don't serve alcohol. What are we going to do? And this was nine in the morning, nine, nine thirty in the morning. And we're like, I guess we'll just eat breakfast. And then after she's taking order, I'm like, so you don't take like any alcohol, nothing like that? No, nothing. So it was fine. We had a great breakfast. Uh, then we walked around trying to find places that do serve before 11 and turns out really nobody does it. So, okay. All right. Uh, I guess we're kind of like alcoholics coming into town, not knowing what to do if we can't drink, but we eventually found a place. And it was five minutes till they said they don't serve. So we're just like waiting because we're like, you know, one of the guys is like, you know what? Let's just stop walking around. We'll just wait here until they open and we'll jump in and we'll have fun. And they saw us waiting outside and it was kind of like on a patio and no one was there. And the bartender's just sitting there and she's like, all right, well, if you're just going to stand there waiting for it, you might as well come in and I'll just serve you at 11. And then they served us and we got off to a great start with them because we stayed there until game time. It was, it, it was our spot and had just, we didn't really have a certain plan going into town, but what we did do is we're like, you know what? Let's just go with the flow. We know what we're going to like have fun doing whatever we want to do. And this place was called Belfast love. We had some really great bartenders uh, that were telling us, what to do, what not to do. Uh, one of our guys, I'm not going to say who, really wanted to do the CN Tower. I think it's the CN Tower, Canadian Tower, whatever. The, the, the one that's like on the on the Drake CD. And I was like, yeah, to be honest, you know, when, when we're in Toronto, I'd like to do like a Toronto thing. So that when people say like, oh, you went to Toronto, did you do this? Like, we'll say yes. But <laughs> the moment we mentioned that, the bartender's, decided to go with the oh god no you no 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 you don't want to do that you're gonna pay like 80 bucks just to get to the top and just gonna be waiting in line you're gonna be with a bunch of grandmas and they're gonna have to pay for the lunch up there which is way over top and uh to be honest it was nice to be on the other side of the fence instead of the one that was like suggesting the hey guys why don't we do this touristy thing and then the guys shutting me down so uh we didn't do the sand tower 
We did drink at Belfast Love for uh, like hours and hours and hours. Then we went to the four o'clock game. We're already pretty hammered. Uh, I ate something called a log cabin, which was disgusting. It was basically poutine on uh, Belgian waffles in a sandwich and pulled pork, baked beans, cheese curds. It was it was really gross. It's it, like I'm still sick from it two weeks later, but had my fun. Tried the local cuisine. We took a lot of pictures. We were in the second row, so we were right next to like foul ball territory, which a ball never came near us. That was crazy too. Like we were behind first base, foul ball zone. Nothing ever came to our way. A bunch of doubles down the line, but no foul balls. And we had a great time. They warned us: uh, a, don't lean on the wall. We're like fine. Like uh, also, don't make jokes about running onto the field. And I was like. Yeah, like, I'm really going to do that. And they looked at us like, we kind of think you will do that. You are six grown American men in track suits. You kind of, and you're wasted. You kind of look like you want to run on the field. And we would be like, kind of do want to run on the field. <laughs> so not a good look. Um, and then in the top of the ninth, with the Jays winning and one out already, they were like, hey, uh, people are complaining that you're standing too much. We're like, there's two outs left. Now you're telling us we were standing too much? When, the time of the game when everybody wants to stand? So we sat down for literally one out, and then we got up for the final out like everybody did. And we're like, I don't know who was complaining. They probably just didn't like our presence there, which I totally get. We were not fun to be around. Actually, we were very fun to be around if you're fun, too. If you're no fun, we were not fun to be around. Jay's won. It was a lot of fun. Um, we... First of all, home teams are 3-0 and on these trips. I didn't even realize it. Boston crushed the Indians when we went to see them, and then the Indians made it to the World Series that year. Uh, the Pirates beat the Phillies uh, last year when we went, and then Toronto beat Tampa this year. So, uh, home teams. Maybe uh, you should sponsor Jake and the guys going to the game. Get, you, get yourself a Saturday win. That's what you want. That's what you want for your fans, so might as well, right? maybe sponsor us a little bit. Okay. No, but it was, uh, it was a really great time. Then we left there and we're hopping around a little bit. I was not feeling too great. So I needed a nap, but recovered was great. Went back out to Belfast love where the bartender put us on the list, which we didn't realize how big of a deal that was until we saw how hopping the place was at night. And it was cool. It was like a hockey bar and, uh, I was super tired, but I was still pumped that we went out and had some fun. And it was just a great trip. And then the next day, our flight was delayed, but it was delayed during football games, so we we're just following that. And then we made it home, and and it was it was a phenomenal trip, a real great way to end the summer uh, with the guys. And now it's it's time to start planning next year's trip. So, uh, in the comment section, I want you to tell me where we should go for our baseball trip. Some I some things I'll, I'll leave out. We don't want to do New York, uh, Philly, Toronto, Pittsburgh, uh, Boston. We, you know we we want those out. We, we're gonna fly. All right, we're gonna go to places we haven't gone to. We've done Washington, Baltimore. That's out too. So what do you think? Seattle, San Francisco, Houston, Chicago, uh, Kansas City. Even give me your thoughts. Which place do we need to check out and uh, we'll most likely fly? So just let me know which baseball stadium should it be. 
Uh, but yeah, that was that was great. A, a lot of fun the last weekend. And then this past weekend didn't do anything because I needed to just wind down a little bit after a very busy summer. Uh, it was great. My girlfriend and I got some uh, stone massages, hot stone massages. And uh, damn, does that loosen you up? It felt so good. Really, really good. A stone massage is nice. Milagro Spa in uh, the Atlantic Club in Manasquan. Man, that was... Because I'm, I'm a big massage fan, right? Like, I, I like the finer things in life. I'm, I know I know who I am. And uh, damn, that was my uh, delayed birthday gift because I got her a massage for her birthday. So we decided, you know what? Why don't we wait off on mine for a while until we, like, really want it. And it was great. And then came back and watched some great college football games. Notre Dame, man, they look like a playoff team. Uh, it, it would be really exciting. They've never made the playoff, but they trounced Stanford. Now, I think I think Notre Dame can make the college football playoffs at eleven and one. I think an eleven and one. I don't think they'll get in over any undefeated teams, but if they have one loss versus a one loss Clemson or a one loss Oklahoma or a one loss Pac twelve winner, I think I think as long as they beat USC. No one from the Pac-12 will get in over them. And if they have one loss, I think they'll have the tiebreaker over a Big 12 school too. So I really like Notre Dame's chances of making the playoffs as long as they don't get to that second loss. They're going to be at Virginia Tech, which I hope isn't a trap game. They don't like it's, you know, Virginia Tech is still ranked. Their quarterback is hurt. So we'll see how they do. But they just, they gave up like 600 yards to Old Dominion. You know, a bad CUSA team. So we'll see if Notre Dame sticks. If Notre Dame sticks to what they've been doing and they don't get caught sleeping, they're going to blow out Virginia Tech. And if they do that, then you look at the rest of their schedule. They have a Florida State team that's not that impressive, a USC team who is not that impressive. They'll play Navy at San Diego, they'll play Syracuse at Yankee Stadium. Um, and they, I think they play Pitt as well. But it just looks like on their schedule, they control if they if they want to make the playoffs, it can happen. This could be Notre Dame's first year in the playoff. That would be really cool. Uh, the other game that I watched was Ohio State-Penn State. And man, that was a good one. Ohio State had no business winning the game. And yet they still somehow came out on top. Penn State really blew it. Uh, Trace McSorley... He had he did everything he wanted to do all game long, and it was run for a first down, hit a wide open guy which he like almost missed every time, but the guy would make a nice catch because he's wide open, or do like a miracle heave down the sideline and someone would make an amazing catch. Uh, I don't really like McSorley that much as a quarterback, but I like him as like a team leader. I think he's very good, and it was his first ever loss at home. Ohio State really stole one there, and to be honest, as long as Ohio State doesn't, they'll have their slip up, right? They'll lose uh, one of those games, like they lost Iowa last year, so I think Ohio State will still lose a game, but they now have the tiebreaker over Penn State. They'll, I bet they'll still beat Michigan, so they'll probably have the tiebreaker over them, and as long as they don't lose to Michigan State, I think they should be fine making it to the playoff as well. And uh, obviously everyone has seen Alabama. There's no shock there. So I think Alabama, Notre Dame, Ohio State are three of the playoff teams. 
I think that last spot will be a lot of fun what it comes down to. Does Clemson have a slip up with Trevor Lawrence? They they almost lost to Syracuse. They don't have that tough of a schedule. I think they can still uh, have like a 12-win season and win the conference, possibly be in. Would they get in over in Oklahoma? I would say yes. I think Oklahoma might trip up against Texas in the Red River rivalry this weekend. That'll be a game to watch too. So really interesting stuff. I think right now I would have Clemson as the fourth team in there with Ohio State, Notre Dame, and Alabama, but plenty will change. LSU, Georgia, they're going to be knocking on the door. Oklahoma is going to be here all year. Washington got that early loss, but I'm sure they're going to look really good for a while. And who knows, maybe Stanford, you know, bounces back and kind of pushes and pushes and pushes. You never really know how college football goes. And that's, that's what I love most about it. Now that we're in October, college football month, it's one of the best sports months, period. One of the best months, period, really. I know I talk about how my favorite, uh, calendar turn is april into may the may 1st calendar turn because you have so much optimism ahead of you months of summer coming up it's really great but with this october just you have playoff baseball you have gearing up for hockey or basketball whichever one you choose uh for most football teams you still have optimism because the season's not over and college football is really gearing into it so sports-wise, it's great. The weather is phenomenal. You do some fun things like pumpkin patch and apple picking and breweries and vineyards. And the weather is nice because it's the shorts and long sleeves at first, and then it's jeans and t-shirt weather as well before getting into like the really cold of November that like comes around Thanksgiving. So this is a, a good month, and a couple days in, I can already tell it's going to be a big one for me. So... Uh, what does everyone else have on their October? I want also in the comments, let me know what is your October going to be looking like? Because uh, uh, I want to know what else I'm missing. What what are these other adult activities that I should be partaking in? All right, and now the moment you all been waiting for. Look, I, I don't want to stew too much on the Browns, right? Like, I got this out of the way. I was uh, I didn't do my usual Browns roundup. I, I might do that tomorrow. Uh, just because, you know, consistency's sake. They lost to Oakland 45-42 in overtime. It was, at the same time, both a very winnable game and both a game that they lost multiple times over and over. Uh, it felt like kind of being like the Steelers in week one where they shouldn't have, shouldn't have let that game get out of their hands. But at the same time, it, like it was right in their hands to win and they didn't really deserve to win. So it was tough being a Browns fan on Sunday, but let's look at the positives first. Baker Mayfield made his first ever start. It was on the road at the black hole and he looked very good at times. And the mistakes he made are easily correctable mistakes. He didn't make mistakes based on uh, what he can and can't do in the NFL. You saw what he can do in the NFL and he made some great throws, a lot of great throws. What mistakes he make? Well, he threw a, a pass to a wide receiver's back shoulder. He slipped, and it went for a pick six. Not much you can do there. That happens to some very good quarterbacks, too. Uh, center exchange. He's got to get that down, but I have faith that Baker Mayfield, of all people, will be able to figure it out. Uh, he got sacked uh, when the right tackle got blown up. You know, that was more on the offensive coordinator, Todd Haley, 
you know, you're running the ball well. Run it more with Nick Chubb, who had a breakout 100-yard game on three carries with two big touchdowns, two 40-yard touchdowns. The first guy to do it since I think someone said Jim fucking Brown. So pretty pumped for Nick Chubb going forward. I know he's not going to get enough time on the field, but that guy's good and uh, really excited for his future here. Not to mention, you know, all the other rookies that have been uh, impressing. And Desmond Harrison at left tackle got better again. So really excited for him. Jannard Avery at the edge. Denzel Ward. Denzel Ward's going to get a lot. Uh, he might actually get a lot more solo time on the outside covering ones because now that Terrence Mitchell is hurt and going to be out for, he's on the IR now, that other corner might get picked on a whole lot. So we shall see how the Browns adjust to that. But, you know, the good news is the offensive mistakes seemed like they're correctable. Uh, I don't know if that's coaching or if it's just, you know, a young team trying to learn. They still scored 42 points and they had a 28-14 lead that they let get away. But this team can score. Defensively, uh, man, you know what? They gave up a lot of easy stuff underneath. And uh, I think part of that had to do with the Terrence Mitchell injury. I think another part of it had to do with just letting it slip away and being undisciplined. Uh, I don't want to get into the whole thing with the refs, but I think I need to mention the refs because, look, they overturned a crucial what would have been first down and basically took us to victory formation kneeling, and they overturned the spot, which is something they rarely ever do, which means they had the greatest evidence ever saying there's no doubt it was a, it was short of the first down, which means... We didn't see the angle that they saw. So if they have an extra angle, well, I guess we didn't see it. Not loving it, though. I'm not going to blame that on them because whatever. It was fourth and inches, and you guys know me. I'm the type that says, listen, if we need an inch to win the game, if we need a foot, a yard, whatever it is, if it's ever, listen, it's very close. And if we get it, we win the game. I'm the type that I'm like, I trust my line. I trust my running back. We can get that inch, and we win the game right now. Let's do it. Let's not put it in the hands of the defense because they don't have the ball. You want to control the ball. You only get to make these decisions when you have the ball. So I like when you have the ball to do it. It felt like punting to Tom Brady at that point. I know Derek Carr is good. and then, I mean, I know he's not that good. He's not Tom Brady. But on on Sunday, he, he, was, he wasn't making any mistakes. And it just felt like Jared Cook, Jordy Nelson, Mari Cooper didn't matter if they had no timeouts and had to go 80 yards. It, it just felt like they were going to be able to get it done. Um, I think we got a little scared. And I think Hugh, he's got to stay consistent. He was aggressive early and wasn't aggressive with the game on the line. And that was a shame because I think we would have gotten it and I think that would have ended the game. Uh, the other one was the Larry Ogunjobi what would have been touchdown after the sack that they said he was held in the grasp, which was clearly not true. Regardless, the Browns actually got the ball back and scored. So I don't want to say the game came down to that, but it just seems like the Browns are getting screwed on a lot of calls that they don't deserve to get screwed on. Uh, I'm getting tired of it, but you know what? We're going to have to learn from this. The Browns are one, two and one could be a whole lot better considering the two losses uh, our road losses by a field goal 
and one was at New Orleans where they missed a bunch of kicks, and the other was at New Oakland where they had the game. Then they came back and be- beat the Jets, and they had a tie with the Steelers in Week One. This is uh, this Browns. You know, if if you're looking at the season in quarters, it's a hell of a quarter. Now they have Baltimore. They're gonna have to step up and just beat Baltimore. It's that simple. Get to Joe Flacco. He's having a great season. Get to him. Put him on the ground. He's always been. It's not. He's not Ben Roethlisberger, where he makes these unbelievable throws while he's falling to the ground. Get him on the ground. He'll he'll crumble. He hasn't been hit enough yet this year, and that's what we're gonna have to do because they've got some decent wide receivers. They've got some decent tight ends, decent running backs. No one's like a big time game breaker like DeAndre Hopkins or Michael Thomas or Julio Jones or Antonio Brown. Like like we have to deal with all year. This is one of those weeks where there's not that number one wide receiver who's going to kill you. You have John Brown and Michael Crabtree. They have Willie Sneed and like five tight ends that are all equally good. And then they have a couple running backs who are decent. Go beat the the Ravens. Because if you lose, you're 1-3-1 and one, and the Ravens are 4-1. You know, and, and, and now what? Or you win, Ravens are 3-2, and two, you're 2-2-1. Two, two and one. You're right there with them. And that's now it's fun. So let's go win. It's a home game. We've played a lot better at home, right? Like we have, we're, we're undefeated at home this year. It's October 5th and we're undefeated at home. Shit. Let's go win. So, uh, look, and I, I don't, I don't want to go. I don't want to go all out and breaking news. Kyrie Irving is committing to the fans of Boston. Wow. That, uh, that kind of sucks because I really wanted him to leave and uh, wanted him to go to like New York next offseason and think and then say, hey, Boston lost the trade with Cleveland, the Kyrie trade, because if he just left after two years, took him to one finals and uh, the other the other year, um, the Cavs went to the finals and they didn't win one. Yet the Cavs have Colin Sexton and some other pieces. The Cavs would have won that trade, but. If Kyrie's going to stay, looks like they'll win that trade. Shit. All right, back to the Browns, though. Um, you know, I was frustrated on Sunday, and I, I typed out a lot of these notes when I was angry. One of them was, I, can't, I get so sick of, you know, when I watch the game with my dad, he he's so optimistic, right? He's always trying to look at the positives. If we give up an eight-yard run to Marshawn Lynch, his response is always, all right, all right. You know, we give up a bomb down the sideline to Amari Cooper. It's, all right, all right. You know, if we give up a 14-point lead, he's like, all right, tie game still. It's all right. And it's sometimes it just bothers me a little too much. And I almost lost it, but I'm glad that I took some time and went upstairs and sat, sat in, like, the, uh, an empty room because I was like, I just can't. Right now, I'm going to say something. I don't want to say because I was so frustrated with how they lost that game. And I realized my dad is just an optimistic uh, fan. He's one of the most optimistic Browns fans. I've told you this. And I'm optimistic, but I know when to be pissed because I know how to set a bar. I'm tired of losing. You know, I don't like the losing. I don't like the tying. It's time to start winning football games. And I think my dad sets a lower bar than I do. I set a really high bar because... If you want to start winning, you need to set a high bar. You just need to do that for your team. Because if you're just accepting eight-yard gains, you know, on defense, 
And if you're accepting drops on offense, it's like, all right, get it next time. You're never going to get better. You're never going to win by doing that. The way to get better is by pushing yourself and saying, hey, that's not good enough. That's the work of a 1-31 team. Okay, It's time to get better. It's time to be better. Like, man up. Now, I know, I'm not a coach. I'm, not, I'm just a fan. But you know what? It's got to start somewhere. And if not them, why not me? Because I want to project the type of things to expect from the Browns. And to be honest, I like the, where the team is going. I love this draft class. Uh, I still really wish we took Harold Landry at 33. I think we could have gotten Austin Corbett where we got Chad Thomas because Corbett and Thomas aren't even playing for us. So, you know, that's a second and third round pick that we kind of just said, wow, uh, not really going to play them. But Jannard Avery in the fifth, Callaway in the fourth, Chubb in the second. These guys, these guys are players. You know, Denzel Ward, Baker Mayfield, some of the best rookies so far this season. I like where this team's going. Um, I don't know if Hugh Jackson is the head coach for this team for the future because I'm not seeing results. And that's what this business is about is getting results. So Hugh's got to start getting some friggin' wins if he wants to keep his job here. Or else, you know what? Lincoln Riley is an easy phone call to make for them. John Dorsey went to a bunch of Oklahoma games. Baker Mayfield, ever heard of him? Yeah, that would make some sense. So anyway. Not accepting the losing anymore from the Browns. We need to raise this bar if we want to start winning. Not not losing, you know? Winning, not not losing. <sighs> yeah, so anyway, got into the Browns spiel. Uh, they've got a tough game with Baltimore this week. Tough game. We'll get to predictions in just a second. Uh, before that, though, Jabril Peppers came out with something today. He said Browns fans are wishy-washy. And a lot of Browns fans are reacting poorly to that today. To that, I say, listen, his words are taken a little out of context. Uh, he said that some fans were really wishy-washy and that they get really like hyped up and and uh, they they will turn as if you're not winning, but then when you're winning, they it, that's fans everywhere. He thinks that the Browns fans have a heart against him because he went to Michigan. Not every Browns fan is an Ohio State fan. And most Browns don't give a shit where you went to college if you're going to help this football team. Michigan stuff is over. No one gives a shit about that. They just want you to produce. And in his season plus here, he's won one game. And he's not doing anything on special teams. His defense hasn't really been stellar. You know, he's had glimpses of being really good. But Jabril, you want people to stop, you know, giving you shit? Starts on the field. You know, and and I'm I'm sorry on behalf of Browns fans. I don't want anyone giving him shit when he's living his personal life, when he's shopping or at the movies or whatever. He should be allowed to do his shit. Uh, unfortunately, Browns fans are passionate and they're tired of losing. It's not your fault, but you know what? If you want to end, it can easily start winning. Start, if you beat Baltimore, people will stop bothering you. That's for sure. Haven't beaten them fucking forever. That's my pepper steak. All right. Real quick break. I'm going to go to the bathroom. Come back. Do our picks. Okay, I'm back. Uh, paused so you guys wouldn't have to be with me in the bathroom. It's all good. So uh, before I jump into baseball playoffs, which I'm very excited about. I haven't watched any of the NL games just yet today, but I uh, did watch the wildcard games. 
We'll do my picks real quick. Uh, last week, had a great week. Uh, Denver, I guess, ended up covering. So I had five losses, two pushes in the 15 games. So eight, five, and two. Uh, shit. Okay, so I thought I was going to hit 10 wins at some point. Uh, the two pushes didn't help. Browns really should have had that, but I felt like I'm back, back in the mojo, back in the swing of things. So uh, we'll jump into the picks. We'll start off with tonight's Colts at Patriots. Patriots are giving 10. Kind of feels like the Patriots flipped a switch last week, right? You know, they didn't even do it with great offense. They had, you know, they broke a couple big plays, but it just shows this is, uh, this is, you know, the same old Patriots. Now they got Edelman back. Gordon's going to be better each week. Hogan's responsibilities are going down, and that seems like when he does his best is when he's like the fourth or fifth option. Uh, Philip Dorsett still played well. The running backs of White and Michelle have been a great combo, and obviously Gronk, he's not healthy yet, but when they get everything going together, uh, they're still the Patriots. Uh, I have seen some really good Thursday night football games. They've all been really good, and that's why I'm going to take the Colts because I think they're going to keep it close. I think the Patriots will win this game, but I just like the way that the Colts have been playing. Uh, they've hung around and and stuck in some games. They could have easily beat the the Eagles, who look very beatable right now, and they should have uh, should have beat the Texans. Uh, and, and other than that, they they do have only one win this year. But it just seems like uh, they are the team that's going to hang around and have a lot of pushes. Their defense is underrated too. Uh, you know, people don't like them because they don't really have any big names on the defense. And their front seven, I can name like one or two players, but they hang. And I think that's going to be important for them, uh, at least in terms of the spread. So uh, I like the Patriots to win, but I like the Colts to cover uh, 30 to 24. Next up, Miami Dolphins at Cincinnati Bengals. Bengals are laying five and a half. Uh, I think the Bengals are for real. I think they're going to hit a dry spell at some point, but I don't think it's this week. I think they win by a touchdown. I don't like Miami. I think they're super overrated. Uh, I think they got off to a nice start. And then that loss against the Patriots will really just shut them down. Also, they're losing linemen left and right. And the Bengals will take advantage of that because their D-line will eat them up. Uh, I don't really see Dolphins hanging more than 18, 20 points on the Bengals. And I see the Bengals scoring 28 against them. So I have them covering the 5.5. I'll go 28-20. Bengals win at home and uh, keep the pace going in the AFC North. Bengals looking like a real playoff team. Jaguars are at the Chiefs. Chiefs are laying three. This is a game I really want to watch. It's going to be Mahomes' biggest test. He had a great win at Denver on Monday night. That was fun and exciting. He is really exciting. I love watching him. Uh, if you remember, going back to the 17 draft, I really liked him. Uh, I liked Watson the most. And I did like Mitch Trubisky. I kind of wanted just any of the guys that they thought was was going to be the guy. Unfortunately, didn't go with any of them. They went with Kaiser in the second round. Ended up trading him for Demarius Randall, which looking like a great trade right now because Randall's playing great. Uh, and then obviously we get in Baker Mayfield this year. Makes it easier to swallow. But man, does Mahomes look good? 
Uh, I mean, he can escape anything because of his quickness and athleticism. And his arm strength is now being displayed by throwing on the run. You know, you saw it mostly, you know, just winding up and letting it rip. But now that he's throwing on the run like this, guy's magic. He was my pick for most improved player. I'm really excited about that pick because he's hammering that home. And I picked them to make the playoffs. I think they're going to. Uh, I think they lose this game. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. I think they win this game. There was a lot of talk between Ramsey and Tyreek Hill, and I think Ramsey's going to get burnt. I know he's awesome, but Tyreek Hill will fly past him. And if he plays press, he's going to get beat on one of these plays. Uh, I think the Jags fall to the, uh, fall to the Chiefs, uh, but I think this is one one's going to be close. I think the Chiefs do cover, though, 24-20 against the Jaguars in this, you know, I think uh, the home field advantage will, will play a big part. All right. New York Giants at Carolina Panthers. Panthers coming off a bye and laying seven to the Giants. Something's got to happen with New York. You know, their O-line played great last week. I don't want to hear that, you know, that, that the, they're losing because they can't protect Eli. Eli gets so many excuses. He's not that good anymore. He was never that great. And all that's happened since his Super Bowls, which, you know, he was never the best quarterback in the league when he won the Super Bowls. But ever since those Super Bowls, what's happened? More better quarterbacks have been entering the league, and he's just been sliding down the QB rankings. I think out of all the starting quarterbacks, he's no higher than 28th right now. He's not getting it done. He has playmakers galore with Shepard and Barkley and Odell Beckham. I know Evan Ingram's hurt, but he literally has a game breaker everywhere and he can't get them the ball. They got to get Odell Beckham the ball. Uh, I think, I don't know if it's going to be this week. I think they fall to the Panthers. Something's got to change though. Christian McCaffrey, big week for him. Uh, he had a great week going into the bye. They're starting to play him the way they should. They can hammer him home as a every down just through the tackles back. I know that's not his best way of playing, but he can do it. Look, I think the Panthers win this one 28-18. They cover, and the Giants continue reeling. Broncos at Jets. Jets are giving one. Uh, look, always got to consider the West Coast team coming out East. I think the Jets win this game. Uh, it, this is a tight one, though. Uh, this is going to be... It, it's going to be... Does Darnold... You know, take some steps forward in the right direction. I think he does. But they don't have the playmakers that are going to put up some big-time points against a stingy defense with a good D-back play and good pass rushing. So this is going to be difficult. Denver, I do like offensively better than the Jets' defense. So I'm going to flip the script. I'm going to say Denver's going to win this game. I'm going to cover the one. And the Jets continue reeling. Uh, I, I just don't think the Jets... Are that great? I think Denver, they could have more wins on their schedule right now because they played a great game on Monday night. It's a short week, but as we've learned this year, the short week means nothing so far. So, regardless, uh, I got the I got the Broncos beating the Jets. Uh, we're gonna say twenty-one twenty. It's gonna be super tight, but I got the Broncos winning. Uh, Falcons at Pittsburgh. I kind of think Pittsburgh. Steps it up this week. 
They're laying three and a half. Uh, the Falcons, I just don't think they're going to be that good. This is a this is a big over game. 57 and a half is the over. Uh, wow. It's going to be a fantasy explosion. You're going to have all the running backs in Atlanta. You're going to have Connor get some big time points for Pittsburgh. The receivers. This is going to be a, a, a showcase game. I think the Steelers put up a big number like 38, maybe even 42. Uh, and I think they cover the three and a half against Atlanta, who's going to score about 31. It's going to be a lot of shootouts for Matt Ryan this year. He's going to ball out, but uh, unfortunately, I have the Steelers winning this one. I think they're just going to correct their problems sooner rather than later. Uh, the tough loss to Sunday Night Football to the Ravens. I wish I could pick against them. I want to pick against them, but right now, I just feel like they're they're going to catch their rhythm. All right, next up. Last of the AFC North. The uh, the Browns are hosting the Ravens. The Ravens are road faves. The first road favorite of the week. Mm -mm -mm. Browns getting three points at home. They've played a lot better at home. We've seen that. They haven't lost a game by more than three points, right? They've tied. They've won by four. And they've lost by three twice, right? So I like getting three. I think that's a great take for the Browns because... They haven't been shown to, and I don't think Baltimore's going to be that much better than any of the teams they've played. I think Oakland's the worst team. No, no, no. Jets are the worst team they've played. Oakland's not that good. But the Saints and Steelers, at Oakland, they, they lost at New Orleans by three. They tied the Steelers at home. I think they can beat the Ravens. Uh, I think they will beat the Ravens. Mayfield is going to be comfortable at home. He's going to fix these rookie mistakes, and they're going to put up some good points. I think they get to the 31 mark this week. I think it's going to be back-to-back -back big point weeks for the Browns. I do think the Ravens get some on the board. Maybe not 31 for the Browns. Let's say 27 for the Browns. And I think the Ravens fall up just short, scoring 23, 27-23 Browns. They finally beat the Ravens. They have not been able to do it recently. Uh, this is a huge win for them, and they make the AFC North a tighter race and the AFC North a watchable division for Jake this year. Because, to be honest, at this this is usually the turning point, and this is where I say, all right, if the Indians better be in the playoffs or I'm starting to look towards basketball. And I don't want to look towards basketball this year. I want to look towards Indians winning the World Series, and I want to look towards the Browns making the playoffs. That's what I want. All right. Titans at Bills. Bills are getting three and a half at home. Titans feel disrespected. They're three and one. They're leading their division. They just beat the Eagles. Okay? They, in a great comeback win. That was awesome. I think the Eagles are not as good as they once were. I think they're getting a little complacent with being good. But uh, the Titans, they want their credit, right? Well, go into Buffalo and win by more than three and a half. And uh, I think they can do that. I... I like Josh Allen. I think he's going to make uh, a good career for himself. And I think you're going to see strides along the way. But right now, they don't have any game breakers. And I think that's what he needs. You know, you have this guy with a cannon of an arm who can throw the ball a country mile. Give him some guys that can go get it. I don't have that. So I don't see the Bills scoring a whole lot of points uh, somewhere in the teens uh, at home in front of a ruckus crowd. And I think the Titans, they, they win close, tight games. Can they win by three and a half? This is a really tough line. Um, 
I'm going to say that the Titans do cover the three and a half. They go to Buffalo and they lay it and they win 20 to 13. Uh, Marcus Mariota put up some big points on the Eagles. Why can't they do that this week? The only thing that scares me about this is that the Titans win close games and they're on the road, right? You know, like it just seems like, man, that three and a half line is really good. This is a game I don't really want to bet all that much. Um, so you know what? This might be one where I take the points. Uh, Going to have to be a game time decision for me. I'm not betting this one, but if I have to, gun to the head, I'm going with the better team. The Titans are more than three and a half points better. <clears throat> so I say they win 20 to 13. Yeah. Uh, Packers are at the Lions. Lions are getting a point at home. Uh, Rodgers owns the Lions. A point, I don't care. I don't, I mean, he's on the field. I'm taking Rodgers every time. I, I made that abundantly clear. As long as he is on the field, I, I think the Packers are contenders. Uh, they still have a very vanilla offense, which is so lame. Like, they have the best quarterback ever. Like, get a little, get a little creative. I think the Packers win at Detroit, uh, where they've sucked the souls out of Detroit in the past, whether it be on Thanksgiving, whether it be on Thursday Night Football when uh, Hail Mary came to town. I think the Packers win a really tight one, 28-24. Uh, 28-24, maybe a like minute-left drive to take the lead. Uh, because I do like Stafford and his weapons. I love Kenny Galladay, uh, and I, I've always been a Golden Tate Notre Dame fan, even though as a pro he really, like, I fucking hate his attitude. Uh, and Marvin Jones is very good, and they've got a good stable running back. So I like the I like the Lions more than the NFL does right now, more than the media does. But uh, this is a this is a Rodgers game. Uh, Packers by four. Raiders are at the Chargers. Chargers are laying five. Uh, I'm waiting for the Chargers to step up and be that playoff team. I predicted them to not only win the West, but be the two seed in the AFC, and they don't look like that team yet. I know they've had some tough games with the Chiefs and the Rams, and then they've won really tight games as well. I mean, they, they barely beat the C.J. Beathard Niners. So I'm wondering what the hell is going on with this Rams team, or with this Chargers team. They don't have a home field advantage. So that plus five is a gaudy-looking number right now, and I kind of want to take it because Oakland, you know, maybe that win over the Browns, maybe that'll like pump them up a little bit, and maybe the Chargers just aren't that great. You know, they're a little banged up. I'm waiting for them to go. Uh, I mean, right now their best pass rusher is Derwin James. You know, they're supposed to have this great front, but you know they're so banged up that it's coming from their secondary. So I'm, uh, you know, right now I need a. Put the brakes on the Chargers. They haven't been able to impress me just yet. And I think five where, you know, there's really no home field advantage is a lot to be giving up to a team that just scored 45 on a good Browns defense. So, yeah, I like the I like the Raiders to cover this one. This is a toss-up for me on who even wins because uh, I think the Raiders could go in and beat the Chargers. But I will say that Antonio Gates maybe gets a fourth-quarter touchdown to take the lead. And the Chargers win by three, 26-23. And they continue to 
skate along. But they're going to need to make some moves if they want to make the playoffs because it, the AFC is looking uh, pretty tough right now, and the Chargers do not have an easier schedule ahead of them. Okay, Arizona Cardinals at Niners. Ugh, Niners are laying four and a half. This is a garbage game. Uh, I don't like anything about the Cardinals, but I do think Josh Rosen has a little bit of a bounce back in his second start. The Niners, they were, you know, I think I might have missed on this pick as they, I had them as a wild card. Now that Jimmy Garoppolo's out, that's my built-in excuse, but I still don't like them uh, going any further. Uh, I had them and... I had if as long I, I thought Rodgers would get hurt so that Falcons and Niners would be the wild cards and right now not looking good. Uh, but I do like that you know I did say hey if Rodgers is healthy they'll he'll win and he'll make the playoffs. But I don't like the Niners right now so laying four and a half is just too much to me. Especially if Arizona figures out how to get their playmakers the ball. Josh Rosen he's going to be getting better. Larry Fitzgerald's not going to have three drops in a game ever again in his life. Uh, Christian Kirk, he'll he'll he's got a rapport with Rosen. They're starting to get David Johnson the ball. Maybe Chase Edwards makes some plays. Uh, I think four and a half is just too much delay for an offense that really doesn't have a lot going for them right now. So uh, I think this is a tight one. I think Arizona might win this game. I'll give the edge to the Niners because uh, neither team is really that impressive. So let's give the edge to the home team. Twenty-one uh, twenty. Niners win, but cards cover. All right, Vikings at Eagles. This is a good one, and I think the Vikings get off the schnob this week and beat the Eagles, who are laying three. Uh, Philly is super beatable, as we just saw. They gave up a game that Tennessee had no business. How many fourth down throws did Mar Marcus Mariota make? There's a fourth and 15 where there was nobody even near the receiver on the sideline. Uh, they scored the touchdown with a couple seconds left. This Eagles team is beatable, and this Minnesota team is hungry after the last couple weeks of the tie and the tough loss to the Rams. Okay, Minnesota is good. They are a good team, and we haven't seen that just yet. They win this game because they can match up with the Eagles in every position as long as they protect Cousins. And I think they will be able to because I, I don't like... I don't envision the same problems that they had against the Rams uh, where Aaron Donald just flinging guys around. I know Fletcher Cox is great, but I think Donald is more of a game-breaker than Cox. I think the Vikings win this game, uh, and I think we have to start looking at the Eagles as a real possibility of missing the playoffs the year after winning the Super Bowl. 31-26, Vikings win. Rams at Seahawks. Seahawks are getting seven at home. I'm nowhere I'm nowhere near betting against the Rams right now. Uh they look way too good and Seattle sucks. Uh Rams by a billion. I think they're the most complete team in the NFL. And I think that Vikings game where they only lost by 7, I think that's the best effort you'll get from a team against the Rams all year. I'm not going I seriously think they could make a run at going perfect because they are that complete of a team. And I don't look at any one of their games on their schedule and say, ooh, that's the, they're going to lose that game. No way. Uh, they go to Seattle. They own Pete Carroll. And every, like they don't, they don't give up rushing yards. Russell Wilson couldn't even throw against Arizona. How do you think he's going to do against the Rams? It's a bad one. 
I say Rams win 34 to 17 over the Seahawks. Yeah, that's that's all I've got about that. Cowboys at Texans. We got Sunday night football, Texas Bowl. I think te- Texans are laying three here. I think that momentum shift that they just got from beating uh, Indianapolis in overtime, they needed a win. They're desperate. They're going the right direction. Uh, Cowboys, I don't really like a whole lot. And J.J. Watt is back to his form. I think the Texans win by more than three. Uh, The Sunday night teams have looked pretty good at home this year. So going to go out and say that this one is a Houston victory. 28 to 20. I don't really like the Cowboys. I don't think they do anything particularly well. And I think the things that they're pretty good at, the Houston Texans will be able to counter with. A, a la stopping the run and uh, protecting Deshaun Watson. As long as they protect Deshaun Watson, it should be fine. But uh, I could see this being a big uh, Deshaun Watson game. All right, Monday Night Football. Redskins at Saints. Saints are laying six and a half. I like the Redskins here. I think this is a classic, wow, are they the best team in the NFC East? And this is the week we kind of see it from them. Uh, I do think this is a good game that we're going to get on Monday Night Football. Uh, The Saints, I do think, are going to step up and be that next best team in the NFC after the Rams. Uh, I didn't know where it was going for a little while. I, uh, I don't like anyone from the NFC East to be a bye week team. And uh, I don't know about the Bears just yet being all that for real. I, I like the Bears. I really like what they're doing. I think they, I picked them to be a huge improvement, but I didn't think they make the playoffs. Now, I think they do make the playoffs. Absolutely. Especially with the Garoppolo injury and the Falcons reeling. So, I think uh, Redskins, this could be a week where Alex Smith and they're coming off their bye. They've had some time to prepare for New Orleans. They just saw the Giants stink it up. I think they're going to know how to score some points against them. Although, this is the return of Mark Ingram on Monday Night Football. Alvin Kamara has been great. Drew Brees is going for it. Record-setting 500 touchdowns. Uh, I think the Saints hold on. But we see that the Redskins might be the team to beat in the NFC East. 30-27, to New Orleans Saints victory. Alright. I am running out of time here. I uh, have taken up a lot of time today talking about things. Uh, I didn't even get to SNL. I didn't even do my one-minute review. I haven't even done my baseball preview. But I'll do a quick baseball preview for you right now uh, for the playoffs. Look, <laughs> coming into the season, I, I knew I wasn't really paying much attention to the National League. Uh, my picks were all over the place, but I did say the Brewers. I said watch out for the Brewers. Uh, I did not think Atlanta would beat out Washington. And I didn't think the Rockies would be better than the Dimebacks. Although the Dimebacks were going to be awesome this year. So I was all over the place on the National League. Uh, And I'm not going to make a lot of predictions. What I will say is this. I'm not going to be rooting for the Dodgers. I'm not going to be rooting for the Braves. I will root for the Brewers-Rockies. That winner is who I want. I'm glad the Cubs are out. I don't want to deal with their fans. I don't want to deal with the fact that they could be going for a second World Series while the while the Indians are still trying to get theirs. So I'm glad that the Cubs are out. Uh, I will be rooting for the winner of Rockies Brewers because I think that is just obscure and that kind of feels like the National League this year was just a whole kind of obscure one. 
The American League, however, that was the real league because it has four juggernauts. I said this on Twitter last night because I'm tired of people trying to say that the American League, that the Yankees are underdogs. Oh my God. You mean the 100 win Yankees that set a home run record this year? That have a $200 million payroll? Oh, sorry, they're $20 million behind the, the Red Sox. They'll break it next year when they break the bank to get Machado or Harper or both. Who knows? I'm tired of that. Yankees are the evil empire. Rep it. Own it. Be it. All right? Don't wish wash. Don't go from, oh, 27 rings. Oh, CC. Oh, come on. Like, like. And then go to the, like, oh, no one ever believed in us. You don't get to play both cards. Uh-uh. doesn't work like that. Own it. Be the Yankees we thought you were. You're the evil empire. All right? Let's not, let's not. Alabama football is never going to be an underdog. Duke basketball is never going to be the David versus the Goliath. I know the Red Sox were better than you this year. There were 108 wins. Neither of you are Davids. You're both Goliaths. It's King Kong versus Godzilla. All right. Got that out of the way. I'm sorry. I've been super passionate about that because I think it's BS that Yankee fans want to play the both sides of the spectrum. All right. And I'm not and I and I'm not even trying to play for the Indians. I'm not trying to say we're the underdogs. I know they they have the least amount of wins by a large margin. You know, their 91 wins is nine less than the Yankees. 12 less than the Astros, 17 less than the Red Sox, but I don't consider the Indians as underdogs. I just see them as they were able to cruise for a long period of time this year because they played in a crap division. They have a rotation of aces, and their bullpen's starting to come together. They have a very deep lineup. I think the Indians have just as good a shot at winning the World Series as any of the American League teams. But they go up against the defending World Series champions, who were absolute juggernauts last year, the Houston Astros, who only got better by getting Garrett Cole and having a full year of Justin Verlander. This is going to be a two great series with four teams that each think, hey, the World Series is ours for the taking. We'll be watching a lot of that. Um, my prediction, I have the Indians winning in four. I think they're going to steal the home field advantage by winning in Houston. Uh, they'll go one and one, and then I think they win both games in Cleveland. Or you know what? I I don't even know how it's going to happen. I really don't because I think it's so crazy right now uh, that I think anyone can win this. Maybe the Indians go up 2-0, lose game three, and then win game four. I can see a lot of different scenarios playing out. Um, and then I also see the Yankees pulling out and beating the Red Sox in game one of that series. And uh, everybody kind of jumping off the Red Sox ship and then the Red Sox turn around and win quickly and winning uh, the next three. So then Red Sox, Indians, ALCS. Uh, in the other one, I don't even care what it is. I think Dodgers, Brewers will be it. Um, and then Brewers beat the Dodgers. I have no idea about the NL. I don't really care. I'm not paying attention. I'm just paying attention to the Indians and who is in their way. <clears throat> so I think Indians, Red Sox, Indians beat the Red Sox because of their experience there in the playoffs. I I don't want to play them in the second round. I'd rather play the Red Sox in the first round. I don't want them to get momentum. Uh, but then again, you don't want any of these teams getting momentum. You don't want the Yankees getting momentum. 
certainly don't want Houston getting momentum, but I do think the winner of the Indians-Astros series wins the World Series. And in this case, it's the Indians. I think the Indians beat the Red Sox. Uh, I think this one's go six, and the Indians take that because of pitching and the fact that their lineup is not a whole lot worse than the Red Sox one. They are deep. As long as they're slumping, guys, stop slumping. Jose Ramirez has got to, to get back to getting on base. He was worried too much about hitting 40 home runs. I know it. He was saying it all since the All-Star break that he wanted the home run uh, crown. And, you know, I think he focused way too much on it because he started striking out more and getting out, uh, getting on base less. They need to stop worrying about that. If they get on base, they have everybody in the lineup can move guys around. Jason Kipnis is going to be a huge X factor in the series. And I think the Indians win in six. I think they go to the World Series. And then I think they wipe up the Brewers and win in five. And the Indians are the World Series champions. Thank you. Good night. Parade. Barah. That would be just wonderful. And then right in the middle of that, the Browns are battling the Bengals to see who wins the AFC North. All right, so that's my playoff preview. Um, last minute before I let you all go, I saw White Boy Rick in the movies this week. Uh, very sad movie. Uh, really upsetting. Uh, I know it's a true story, but it made it seem like it was going to be a lot more fun uh, than in the previews. But turns out, not a fun movie at all. It is about exactly what you thought. Gun trade and drug trade in Detroit. Uh, super depressing. Apparently the family didn't like the way they're portrayed, but that can mean anything. It can mean, oh shit, I didn't want people knowing that we were a bunch of drug addicts and gun dealers. But you know what? That's uh, Who knows? We'll never know the end of that. Uh, but a very sad ending. Uh, I, you know, Spoiler alert, he's still in jail. <clears throat> he, like the kid went into jail when he was 17. 30 years later, he's still in jail. I think he's supposed to be getting out, like, next spring. But at that point, you know, he's lived his whole life in jail. And to be honest, the cops used him. The feds used him to get to the bigger people. And they trained him how to basically sell drugs. And then when his family went on hard times, he went back to selling drugs. And then he got popped. It's like the feds used him. And then they didn't want to protect him. They used him again to get someone else when he thought... He was cutting a deal, and he wasn't cutting a deal. So, kind of sucked for uh, for White Boy Rick. Matthew McConaughey was in it more than I thought he'd be, uh, which was a pleasant surprise. I kind of thought they used him in the trailer in, like, one scene, and I was like, oh, you know what's going to happen? He's in this movie for five minutes, but they're going to use every minute of that in the preview to make you think, like, oh, man, this is a Matthew McConaughey movie. Turns out it was a Matthew McConaughey movie. It was a very big part of it. And the kid that played White Boy Rick did a really good job. Uh, it's not a must-see, but I enjoyed it. And I like going to the movies, so what are you going to do? Uh, thumb up. One thumb up, one thumb down, because I liked the movie, but I'm not going to go see it again. Anyway, um, thank you all for listening. This was a long episode. A lot of NFL, a lot of baseball, uh, a lot of Jake on this episode. I know, I had a lot of things going on, so... Listen, thank you all for listening. Uh, I hope if if you didn't catch that Brett Kavanaugh skit that Matt Damon killed on SNL, that's my favorite skit of the week. So, And I will talk to you guys next week. Hopefully there will be a lot of good things to talk about in terms of Browns versus Ravens, Indians versus Astros, <clears throat> and Jake Apple picking. See you guys.